You're listening to episode 112 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today is always a special day because it is the end of the month, which means that Christina Montalvo of The Confidence Project and I always team up for a joint episode. Um, these ones are super popular. Everyone always loves them. We absolutely adore doing them. They're our favorites. They're so much fun to do. And today we're talking about basically the good, the bad, and the ugly of being an entrepreneur. Um, and that not everything shows up on social media, that there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, uh, what no one tells you about being an entrepreneur, all of the work that is free that we do and some of the other things that, that are involved with that. Uh, the delayed gratification as well, putting in so much work up front and then waiting to see the results and sometimes waiting a really long time as well. I mean, the other thing is too, and, and Christina and I really get into this, that a lot of times people will think that they know you and make assumptions about you because they see you on social media. But the thing is, is that there's so much that goes on behind closed doors that nobody else ever sees. Uh, We really want to dig into that a little bit and to talk about it because I think it's really important. I I have often felt that way as well. I'll look at other people on social media and I'm like, oh yeah, like I practically know them. You know, I watch their stories every single day and I'm involved in their life practically. And and we feel really close to them and it feels super personal. But Christina and I want to talk about the other side of that a little bit and how we sort of have to pick and choose what we share and some of the reasons behind that as well. So this was a really interesting conversation. We had a blast with it um, and we really, as usual, showed up as our extra honest selves because that's really all we know how to do. And we're really giving you a bit of uh, a peek behind the curtain as to some of the things that we deal with, some of the conversations that she and I have behind closed doors. And I love this conversation. So I'm really excited for you to listen to this and please make sure to go check out Christina over at The Confidence Project. Um, she's total badass. I think I say that every time, but she just is. There's no other word that sums up Christina like the word badass. So make sure to go check her out. Everything is uh, referenced over in the show notes and let's dive in. Hey there, welcome back to, are we just calling this the Emily Christina show? I, I, I don't know. I'm awkward every time we start these. <laughs> we're we so did. Um, I think we lied then because we said we were going to name the series and we haven't. Well, we want people to name it for us because I think you and I just don't know what to call it. So if if you, as as the person listening to this, have an idea, please DM us and let us know what you would like these episodes to be called. <laughs> yes. I, I need to put like a post up on Instagram stories or something to remind people to do that. Me too. We'll put up that little, the sticker thing where people mm-hmm. can type in a response. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> okay, cool. So we have the no name series with Christina and Emily. Yes. And today we are talking about 
what nobody tells you about entrepreneurship. And I think that our candor on this may surprise you. <laughs> well, maybe not if you know me and Christina, but <laughs> yeah, I just, <laughs> there's a lot, I think of just misconceptions about being, Oh, you know what? I need to stop. If, if anybody can hear something snoring, <laughs> let, let me stop. Let's see if we can pick it up really quick. Can you hear it? <laughs> I can. It's so funny. <laughs> that would be my dog, Mac. He is sleeping right next to where I posted up to record this. And like, I have my microphone set up and stuff, so I can't move. And he weighs 70 something pounds, so I can't move him. And oh yeah, I can hear him in my, my headphones. Um, so you might hear some slight snoring in the background. That would be, <laughs> that's the love of my life, Mac. <laughs> I adore him. Oh my God. So cute. You Christina just sent me a photo of him sleeping practically on her laptop and like his little snaggle tooth is out. <laughs> He's just passed out cold. He's so cute. I love him. He's just so perfect. He's so perfect. <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about today. No. Um, <laughs> there's a lot, I think, of misconceptions and about what goes into being a business owner. And I think Emily, for you and I specifically, not even just a business owner, but like a personal brand, right? So people know your business because they know you kind of, you know what I mean? Um, and literally before we hit record, I told Emily, I was like, I'm just so sick of my business. Like I'm just sick of everything. Um, and I think it's a good conversation to have. I think so too. And, and you and I have both said that about our businesses and, and about ourselves freaking out over our businesses multiple times this year, but especially I feel like in the last couple of months, I think I, I sent you an audio message. So for anyone who also doesn't know, Christina and I send each other probably at least minimum a dozen audio messages per day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> Daily routine, every single day. And I think in one, I was just like, not only do I feel like I'm sick of my business, but more importantly, I think I'm just sick of myself and like me freaking out over my business. <laughs> and yeah. how do I get past this? And I think that that's, actually more common for entrepreneurship than we maybe realize or expect. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And you know, I, I think a lot of this is also perpetuated by like this Instagram world that we're living in. So, you know, how many times in, I wish there were, I wish we, this was like a live audience recording so that people could raise their hands in the audience, but like how many of you watch Instagram stories and you're following a business owner and they're just making it look like it's the easiest, best, most lucrative thing ever. I mean, mm, yeah. right. Don't you feel. And so then me as an entrepreneur, I'm like, wait, are you also, so you're not having a mental breakdown right now? Like I am. Oh. And so then I feel bad about myself as a business owner because it's like an emotional roller coaster every day. And I just think that some people and some things are painting maybe like not the, the most holistic picture of what goes into it. I think so too. And, and I think that there's also moments where you'll see entrepreneurs who are saying how busy they are. And this can go, this can go one of two ways. They're saying how busy they are, but you're like, okay, but what are, what are you actually doing? So the two ways that that usually means it's going is they're either working on some really major projects that they that they can't really discuss or talk about publicly yet. So that's why you're not really seeing what they're getting up to or some entrepreneurs. And I have, I have been the person who has been caught in this trap before are being busy, but not productive. Mm. So getting stuck in like that busy cycle. And yeah, I do genuinely feel super busy, 
but it's like, where is the, where, where is the product of that busyness? And I've had days where you'll get to the end of the day and you're like, what, wait, what did I do today? <laughs> like right. I worked from like 9am to 9pm, but what the fuck did I do today? <laughs> right. I'm like, I made no progress forward. I, yeah. And that's when I get, at least for me, that's when I'm like, I am so sick of myself. How did you seriously work or keep yourself busy for 12 hours? And you're, I'm like, what do I have to show for this? <laughs> exactly. And then it's just frustrating because then you get annoyed with yourself. You're like, okay, I know better than this. I know the difference between busy and productive. How did I let this happen for the like sixth time this month? <laughs> well, and here's, I think what's interesting is like, especially if you have a salaried job or like a, a typical nine to five, you can go into the office and like, and maybe this is a, a, uh, an assumption and maybe it's not fair. It's not correct. But I have many, you know, friends, acquaintances, and even clients that like can kind of go to the office and like get away with, with doing nothing, but you know exactly how much money you're going to bring in come payday. Yes. Whereas, and I think this is a really big misconception. Like I could work a 15 hour day and have $0 to show for it by the end of the week. Yeah, exactly. And I've certainly been there. Like especially when I was just starting out my business, I went several months, like months with literally $0, but I was outputting hundreds. Mm. And I just kept building things up and I just kept telling myself, okay, you know, this is working towards something bigger and better. And, and, it, and it was, but not everybody has the dedication. Dedication isn't even the right word. Not everybody just is able to see the bigger picture like that. And before, you, before we jumped on, you mentioned delayed gratification. And I think that's so true that mm-hmm. if you aren't able to delay gratification, it's going to be a lot harder for you to especially like start your business because it's that starting phase that is the hardest part. That's a conversation that I have with many women that, you know, come to me for business advice, whether that's in person um, or online because I obviously have both. So I have the brick and mortar business, my gym, and then my online business. And the first thing I tell them is you have to be prepared to make $0. Like, are you in a position to do that? Or are you in a position to have supplemental income in one way or another while you build this business? Because here's a mistake that I made early on in my career. I literally made decisions based on best case scenario. And I just, I hate to be the one to say it, but like, no one told me to plan for worst case scenario and it was worst case scenario all the time. <laughs> like it, I don't know why I thought that like if I charged just if I was charging $50 an hour, I don't know why I thought that every single hour of my work would be revenue generating tasks. <laughs> it's That's not. such a good point. That's such a good point. Like, Oh, here's my hourly rate. It's fine. And then people I remember people being shocked after I graduated from nutrition school and they would ask me, you know, what my hourly rate was going to be. And I would tell them I was like 150 an hour. And people were like shocked by that. They're like, Oh my God, it's a lot of money. I wasn't making 150, you know, an hour, every hour, like that could not have been farther from the truth. It was like months before I ever even built things up enough to get a single client, much less making 150 an hour. (laughs) Right. Right. Oh my goodness. And I just read something on Instagram recently. I'm not going to be able to I don't remember who wrote it or the exact quote, but it was like the money that you're paying me per hour is you're not paying me just for this hour of time. You're also paying me for how long it took me to know what I know now. Like you're paying me for the years. Yes. 
Exactly. And that's why people who have been in the business longer and who have more experience and more established businesses, that's why they can charge more. It just, it's logical. It makes sense. Even if you look at something like lawyers, lawyers are paid increasingly more the longer they have passed the bar for. So, you know, a lawyer who has been a a lawyer practicing law for like 15 years is going to be paid a hell of a lot more than somebody who's in their first or second year. And it just continues to increase as they've been in the business longer and longer. And that's, that's the same with any other business. That's Mm -hmm. just the, the way, frankly, I think it's the way it should be because you're paying for somebody's experience. Education is all well and good, but part of one's education is experience. Mm. So we have to take that into consideration. And when someone has been in the trenches, actually working, getting those experiences, getting to know people, working with clients, doing all of those things for years, that's a whole other education that money can't, can't buy you. Like if, if you're the one trying to gain that education, you just have to go out and do the work. You can't pay someone to get that kind of an education. Which kind of leads me into my next point. Like even again, like the things that people don't understand about business owners. Um, I've had several conversations um, with people like, oh, do you, is this not your full-time job? Like in reference to my gym, because my, I do not have 40 um, hours at my gym each week, like in terms of classes and stuff. And I was so taken aback by that. It was a valid question. Um, But it's interesting because I was like, oh, I get it from your point of view. I'm, I, this is a a part-time job, right? But I'm thinking, oh my God, that also goes to show they have no idea of what goes into keeping this business viable, even down to like, who's keeping the books, who's keeping the place clean, who's writing the programming, who's, you know, all the emails that I send to my clients, um, managing injuries, managing people, managing appointments, like buying equipment, repairing equipment, ordering the water, ordering the toilet paper, like that in and of itself ends up to be being more than 40 hours a week, like way more than 40 hours a week. And I, I think people, it's like that graphic we've seen on Instagram or social media, like the tip of the iceberg, but then like everything that's underneath it. And like, that's what entrepreneurship is. It's like that massive thing underneath the water that no one sees. And quite frankly, no one asks about. Yeah. And that's the epitome of it. Because I think that I mean, virtually all of us have an employee mindset. Even, Mm. even entrepreneurs typically have an employee mindset because that's kind of what our society has bred into us. So that's why making the link, the, the leap to entrepreneurship is so hard. And that's why a lot of businesses fail. Um, one of my coaches, James Webmore talks about that a huge amount, actually, that, that so many of us just naturally have this employee mindset that it's very difficult to start seeing things from a different angle whether you are on the outside looking into someone else's business or you're the person running the business, it's very hard to shift that to start realizing that, yeah, you aren't necessarily going to be taking home a set amount every single week. And there isn't anyone else necessarily to rely on for some of those jobs that you're so used to just magically being done at your corporate job for you, right? Things like the cleaning, right? We don't even think twice about cleaning things in a corporate setting because most corporate jobs have that taken care of because there's a a magical cleaning crew that comes in at night that you never even see like (laughs) right but that's not what happens when you're running your own business that's not the way things go right yeah and so the way that I say that always you know employee mindset is and I, I have to have this conscious thought where I'm like I have to work on my business I can't just work 
in my business. And it's been challenging for me because, um, because of my brick and mortar business, I have to, I have to work in my business. I am the owner and the employee. And then same for my online business. I'm the owner and the employee. And so sometimes, and I know that you and I, um, we talked about this term that I have apparently coined was transition fatigue, where I'm often exhausted because I'm constantly switching my hat between owner, employee, owner, owner, employee, owner, employee. And it's a lot, I mean, it's exhausting, right? And I think it's hard to explain to someone who's not in it with you, which is why you and I send so many audio messages (laughs) back and forth to each other, because it's really hard to explain. It is. And, and I, I have loved that you coined transition fatigue because I had talked to you before about um, dealing with kind of having to recalibrate yourself every time you were transitioning between activities. But recently I just went through uh, something where I, I kept having to be moved around and shifted and shifted and shifted like multiple times per day. And I just, I, I, I couldn't get anything done, <laughs> nothing done because I was, I was having such transition fatigue that I would just get settled one place and I'd have to go somewhere else. And it was only for a short period. It was like, like a week and a half or something, but it, it drove me crazy because you could, you could never get settled. And, and as human beings, we are not good at multitasking. We think that we are, I have people who tell me that they are still, and they'll try and argue with me about that. I'm like, you're not though, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're not. (laughs) We like to think that we are, but we're terrible at it. And then we also don't allow for that time in our schedules either. So I remember when I was still working my full-time job and starting my business, I would literally set my calendar like, okay, I'm going to be home by 545 and I will be, uh, you know, working on XYZ project by 6 PM. That never happened because, you know, traffic would take too long or I would just need to sit and just take a breather to kind of decompress after work for a few minutes before I would jump into to my other work. And it just, it never worked like that. So you almost have to build those types of things in to your life and into your calendar to make that allowance too, because otherwise you're just setting yourself up for failure. Right. And I think again, it's when you are the business owner of a personal brand, like the amount of energy that you have is so important. And we forget that certain things, multitasking, emails, inbox, bills, you know, all this stuff, even the, the, the mental energy of delegating things. Right. And then coaching clients, right? Like that energy. And we try to, we forget that we're human and we don't have infinite energy. And again, if we don't have the energy to bring back to our business, that is going to affect our business. Right. So I did this last night I was like, okay, I have to get this thing done. I told myself I would, which is the other thing too, right? Like I don't have a boss telling me what to do. <laughs> That's always interesting. And I'm, I'm in bed with my computer for over an hour. My laptop is just open and I'm scrolling through Instagram. So I had to have the conversation with myself kind of like you did after, you know, you told yourself you would start work at 6 PM. I was like, Christina, what are you, what are you going to do now? <laughs> an hour has passed. You haven't done anything. Just shut it down and try again tomorrow right? Like it's just so interesting balancing like the time and the transitions and then budgeting in that downtime. Because if you don't have enough downtime as a business owner, you're going to end up staring at your open laptop, having done nothing and just wasting time because you have no energy left. Yeah, I agree. It's so hard to, to draw that line. And 
there's just so much that goes into it. And, and the energy that it takes sometimes to, to create something is, or to coach a client or something like that, it takes a lot more out, at least it takes a lot more out of me than it ever did to go to my corporate job, sit there and, you know, mindlessly complete a few tasks that need to be done that I've been doing for five years. Like, right. So it, because it takes a lot more energy, we expect so much more of ourselves when the reality is that it's probably actually going to take us longer and take us potentially a little bit more energy to get something done to begin with. Right. Right. Because we're not a corporation, right? So like you buy something from Nike and you're no one to the Nike owner, right? Like the, the owner of the CEO of Nike is not like, thanks, Christina, for buying your pants, right? But someone buys something from me or a client needs something from me. And it's, again, it's that personal brand, right? Like it's such an intimate connection, which I think is part of what, what makes it so rewarding, but also what makes it so draining because it is so personal. Well, and on it, kind of in that same vein too, I want to bring social media into this too, mm-hmm. because we, we talk, you and I talk about this a lot. And, and I think this is pretty, pretty common discussion these days about with between entrepreneurs about what to share on social media and what not to, because it's really hard to know where that line is when it's a personal brand. Because we want to be authentic, we want to be open, we want to be a little bit vulnerable and like share that it's not all sunshine and roses, either in business or just in, in life in general. But where is the line? Because we, if we do reveal personal things, people think that, that they know us. And that's great. I do want people to feel like they know me and that they can connect with me. But sometimes that goes too far. Because if I share something that is fairly personal, first of all, I'm still not giving you the full look into my life. I will never give anyone the full look into my life on social media because I just don't think that it's appropriate. But if I do give kind of a door in, then people might feel like they know me far more than they actually do, which can be a, a tricky a tricky thing sometimes. And yeah, we, we need to dig into that a little bit more. <laughs> So a couple things. Yes, this is, yeah, this is going to be a juicy uh, topic right here. A couple things. I get a lot of questions as to why I'm on social media. Like, why are you on social media? Why are you always on social media? Um, and it's from people that obviously don't have an online business, right? And I always say, I'm on, social media is my business. I am required I guess I'm not required. I'm choosing to leverage social media as a business tool. My mom understands that. Like it's, which is really funny because my mom, I don't think my mom quite understands what I do. She's like, so strangers pay you money. Like it's the same with my mom. She doesn't understand, but she seems to understand why I'm on social media. (laughs) Yes. My mom, you know, um, yeah. So my mom's like, you know, yeah, she uses social media for her business or whatever. So again, it kind of in that same line. So then people are like, oh, well, you know, um, yeah, I know what Christina's up to. Like we've talked about this, I think before you and I, Emily, um, people don't necessarily come in and check on me what they're, what's going on in my life because they make the assumption that they know everything that's going on in my life because of what I post on social media. And that is not true. So yes, I want people to feel that they know me, but there is a lot of stuff. And this is the point that you're trying to make. I think Emily, there's a lot of stuff that is not being posted on social media. And I would say probably, gosh, if I had to give it a percentage, 90% of my life is not on social media. Same. 
Yeah, same. Some, sometimes that varies to be even higher. Sometimes it's like 96% of my life mm-hmm. is not on social media. And yeah. so then that means that if I do share, some, share something that's super personal, that's still only within that same 10%. So you might think that I might have just given you the full 100, but I have not. And I, again, I, I never will because I, I just, social media is such a great tool to use to connect with people and all of these amazing things but there still has to be some sort of line. And, and I'm a very private person to begin with. So when I share something on social media, it's very deliberate. It, it's deliberate in the sense that I have given great consideration and weighed out the potential consequences of sharing something versus not sharing something. I think the only reason why this is important though is so that people understand or that people, so that people stop making the assumption that they know everything about us, right? Because I am not obligated to share anything about my personal life on social media. The things that I share are either they're relevant to what I'm teaching and what my purpose is as a coach, right? Or like services that I offer or whatever. It's a funny story that really makes no difference. Like, you know, my dog barking out the window. That doesn't matter. Everyone's got a dog that barks out the window, right? But it's not, I think, I think it's, it's harmful when people make the assumptions that they know everything about us. And it's almost a little bit, doesn't it feel like a little dehumanizing? Cause you're like, no, like there's a lot more to me than just what you see on social media. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And what you and I talked about before jumping on too, was that the other portion of that is that sometimes when we share something, we can also be opening ourselves up to people who are just showing up to see those personal things and and for no other reason than wanting to catch some drama or some gossip or something like that and they aren't there for for necessarily the best reason they're there to like learn from us or connect with us they're just there for the gossip and we're opening ourselves up to that too yes i i want to be very i want to make this a point. And if, and if this few people are listening, then hi, um, there are people I've actually had to, I've done this. I, I stopped a while ago there. You can see, am I allowed to wait? Do you want me to say this or no? That yeah. people can see our stories. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> people, a lot of people don't know this. Like a lot okay. of people don't so, seem to know this. So let's just be totally transparent. Okay. <laughs> You can see who watches your Instagram stories. And I was torturing myself for quite a while, seeing who was watching in a thousand percent. I had to stop torturing myself because there are people that are showing up for me that are only here to watch me fail. That's it. That's it. And you have to understand that that's what, that's one of the consequences of having a personal brand on social media, that there are people that are showing up just to watch us fail or to, again, for the, the gossip and the drama. So something that I said to Emily, which like blew both of our minds before we started recording was you never know the, the intentions of who is paying attention. That is pure gold right there because it's funny. You and I have had this conversation so many times and there has been a period in my life, uh, in the very like not so distant past (laughs) that, I was having a very difficult time showing up on social media at all for several months because there were some situations happening in my personal life in the background 
that were making it exceptionally clear to me that there were several people who were watching my every move and hoping and praying that I would fail. And it was, it was giving me a ton of anxiety. I was like, I started like obsessively checking to see who had watched. I felt very violated. Um, it, it was a huge problem. And, and when this episode airs, for anyone who follows me on social media, you will probably be able to pinpoint the, the period of time when this was happening because I was actually getting people messaging me going like, are you okay? Like, you're not showing up on social media. What's wrong with you? This is why. And you, Christina, finally had to have a pep talk with me and you're like, stop fucking looking at your stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it's now a personal rule. I actually have a podcast episode planned for this fall coming up all about some of these issues and some of the kind of more dark side of social media that we have to be aware of, I think, especially as a business owner, because the, you, you are putting yourself in a spotlight and you're choosing to do so. And yeah, there's a lot of benefits to that, but there are some downsides, some, some downsides with some potentially very serious consequences. And it, that's, that's kind of, part of the package that, that you have to deal with when you're choosing to have an online business. Yeah. And I get like, there's something to be said, and I'm going to kind of turn this into a little bit of like a money, it's kind of money based, but clearly as a business, in order to be a business and not a hobby, we have to be profitable, right? So we have services that come at a cost, right? That exchange of coaching or knowledge or whatever comes with the exchange of, of money, right? And something that's interesting about that is I've had previous clients, this is very interesting and it's very invasive and it feels really gross for lack of a better word. Like when I went to, so back to back recently, this past February, I was in Seattle for a business conference and then I flew to Canada to see you. I had someone reach out to me like, wow, business must be going well if you're traveling twice in one month. And I'm like, whoa, like, so again, that's the consequence of posting anything on social media because someone is always going to have something to say about that. And I don't know if that's just, I actually want your opinion on this, Emily. Like, I think that could happen to someone who works in a normal nine to five job and utilizes social media often, but something about it feels more personal when it's like a previous client and then my business. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know if I'm explaining that well. No, I I think so too, because I, I know that there are absolutely times where I have been the person passing judgment and, and it was, but it was usually only on people, uh, that were working corporate jobs just because I didn't know that many people in, in the online space. So like years ago at the time, but I definitely take it more personally. And I, I will absolutely have comments made, especially anytime I travel. They're like, Oh, you, you went to LA must be nice. I'm like, okay, I, I knew that trip was happening for six months and I saved for it. Like, it's not like I was out partying it up. Like, <laughs> and even if I was, that's my choice, right? If we don't, we open ourselves up to, to these judgments, but at the end of the day, it, it's our business. And I know that there are a lot of business owners out there who are starting to be much more open about their finances. And that's great. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome to, yeah. you know, kind of reveal the fact that, it's not all sunshine and roses. Like I, I feel like I've already said that on this episode, I'm pretty sure, but it's true. I mean, yeah, you can have a really great month, but then who's to say that the next month you'll bring in much of anything. 
Like that, in some ways, that's the nature of online business. If you have a launch or something like that, you might bring in a big chunk of money right then. But then if you don't launch anything again or have a service that you sell the rest of the time, you might not make much of anything between now and the next time you launch three months from now. So it, yeah, it can look like it's really great from the outside, but that doesn't mean that there aren't, there aren't other things happening in the background. I, you know, in the effort of transparency and despite anyone who's listening and just like hoping that I fail, which, you know, I might, I may, it could happen at any time. All there could be a mass exodus. I went through a mass exodus at my gym, by the way. And it's, it's not funny because that's my livelihood, right? That's it's, it's horrifying, you know, um, to, you know, have worked and made all these sacrifices for all these years and the potential of like, oh my God, everybody could just up and quit. That puts a lot of pressure on you. You want to talk about mentally draining? It's thinking about that possibility, right? So I try not to focus too much on that because I'll just give myself a panic attack. But um, my business has not been profitable until recently. And again, I'm saying that despite anyone who's listening and that might be like, Christina is struggling. Um, and so it feels really unfair to have those judgments of like, let's just say I do decide to go on another trip this year. This would be then by far my most traveled year of my entire life because of those two trips in February and another trip later this year, let's just say. And it feels really shitty if someone starts making judgments of like, must be nice. Well, it's like, no, it is fucking nice because do you know how little money I was bringing in for five years? Like, I feel like I deserve to run a profitable business because of how many sacrifices that I've made in order to reap the benefits of being an entrepreneur. And this is partly what gives people so much fear around selling Mm. because especially as a personal brand, we all think sales is like icky. Sales has like this, this really negative connotation to it. And I, I am the first one to admit that I spent years feeling that way. But the thing is, is that selling is simply offering a solution to someone who has a problem. So why, you know, if if you're the right person to solve that problem and you have great information and, and all of that stuff, why should it feel icky to sell that to somebody who needs it? But it brings up all these other issues because then when, when we're, you know, taking trips or something like that, people think. I feel like sometimes, again, as a personal brand, if we had like corporate jobs, this wouldn't be seen the same way. But as a personal brand, it's like, oh, she must be selling an awful lot. And it sort of brings up these negative feelings around selling too. I think that people, the people that are like, must be nice are probably like, that's what she used my money for. Yes. Yes. That it's like, I give you my money and I don't feel good about how you are choosing to spend it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Which goes back to what you were saying of like, I've gotten over my fear of selling, but I did not until I realized that by me not delivering my products and services, I'm actually doing more of a disservice to these women. Exactly. And that was what got me over it too. Because, And I've had to have that same talk with the women that I've coached to start their own businesses and podcasts is that by, by closing your mouth, keeping your mouth shut, not saying what you want to say and getting out there and doing what you know you need to be doing and, and helping people and teaching people, think of all the people who aren't going to get any farther ahead because you aren't there to help them. And that's right. a huge disservice. And that was what I needed to push past 
my fears because it gave me a sense of purpose. And I think that purpose is really important in entrepreneurship more than likely just about anything else. Because if we lose our purpose, it's pretty hard to stay motivated and get up in the morning. Oh my goodness. Yes, totally. Um, which brings me to kind of to my next point, um, about, you know, knowing that we have these services and that what we do is, is worth it. And we actually owe it to not only ourselves, but also to the women that we're hoping to impact and coach and whatever we owe our expertise to those people. Um, kind of managing the like, Hey girl, can I pick your brain? Like conversation, it's tough. (laughs) I know it's tough, isn't it? It is, it is because especially when it's people that you know personally too, Mm -hmm. and that's that's so much harder because I'm like, yeah, I I want to help you, and yes, I I got a leg up by getting help back in the day too. But the difference is, I paid for that help. Mm -hmm. I didn't know people in the online space. I I didn't. I I didn't have somebody to just pick their brain. So I went out, I, I, I went seeking the help that I needed. I found it and I put down my credit card and I paid for it. Mm -hmm. And that opened all kinds of other doors. And, and that just, that also, you and I have talked about this before uh, on joint episodes about how that also increases the value because Mm -hmm. I can talk to somebody all day about how to start a business Anytime I have done that, when it's just been friend to friend, they've never done anything with it. Right. Ever. right. I, I have yet to give someone free advice where they actually follow through with it. I, I would love it if they did follow through with it, but I have yet to see that. Yep. hundred percent. Literally 100% of the time, my free advice has essentially just been flushed on the toilet every yep. time. Yeah. And, and it's it- frustrating because I'm like, I gave you fucking awesome advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. Like I gave you $1,200 worth of advice. Exactly. You could do so much. And then what kills me more is that then if I see that then they went out and paid for it, not that that's a bad thing. That is a good thing. That's what I'm saying. But they went out and got either the same advice or advice that frankly wasn't nearly as good as the advice I gave to them. Mm-hmm. But then they paid for that and then they do something with it. I'm like, right. if you'd fucking listen to me. <laughs> right. But we also learn in our own way. I get it. And, right. and I recognize that there is value attached when we put money on the line. That's just the way it is. And it makes a huge difference. It's like a complete mental shift in terms of how we value that and, and how we recognize value in what we're getting people who pay, pay attention. Yes. That's the transformation it. is in the transaction. Yep. hundred yeah. percent of the time I've experienced that in every iteration of my business. When I was working from my garage, when I had just opened the warehouse, when I first started online, um, when I started, you know, doing business mentorship, no one does well for free ever. And I recently just experienced this. I just put a very, um, upsetting amount of money on a credit card. And I'm in this new course. It's for my business. And again, it's those, it's those decisions that business owners have to make, right? Like I could have taken this money, Emily, and gone on a very nice trip, right? But it's these consistent sacrifices that we make that steps us into this business owner role that no one's considering. You know, like my goodness, the amount of vacations I could have gone on if I'd stopped investing in my business would be astronomical, but that's just besides the point. Me too. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) So yeah. So 
can you, Mac is now growling in his sleep. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Wake up. Uh, sorry. Okay. Um, so I'd swipe a, a huge amount on my credit card and the, the content is so overwhelming that I wanted to quit. Like I wanted to quit. Had that money not been on the credit card, I would have quit already. But I was like, you put the money down, you need to focus and pay attention. And so that's me as the client experiencing people who pay, pay attention. Because if I would have paid 20 bucks for it, I would have been like, whatever, forget it. But the money, I was like, oh my God, you paid for this. You missed your money back guarantee timeline. You're going to have to put in the work. It's hard. It's, and this is the thing is that it, there's just so much attached to it. There's so much attached to it that we don't realize until it comes down to it. And then we're like, holy shit, I just paid this. How much money for this? I better fucking do the work for it. <laughs> just like you said, it's, I, I maintain fully that I would not have even started a business if I hadn't put my credit card down to pay $3,500 for coaching. Mm-hmm. Right. I wouldn't have ever even started. It, it just wouldn't, I would have talked a big game and nothing would have ever come of it. Right. hundred percent. A thousand percent. Um, again, it, it's like those sacrifices and it, you know, all people see is the, the tip of the iceberg and you know, there's something to be said. I just, I just feel really good about shedding the light on the things that aren't sexy. And I, I think I mean that in like, no matter what topic I'm talking about, body image, exercise, eating, I'm like, it's all the, like the not sexy stuff, the non Instagrammable stuff that we need to be talking about. And so I think for me, it's within my integrity to be like, honestly, sometimes business ownership sucks. So please refrain from like, must be nice that you get to go for a walk at noon. I'm like, well, when's the last time you worked seven days for five years straight? Not to mention, I think that that's a bullshit excuse anyway, because for years I was widely known in my corporate office because I would go for a walk at lunch every single day. Like whether it was raining, blizzarding, snowing, I went for a walk at lunch on my lunch hour every single day. Mm. So to me, that's also an excuse. I'm yeah, like, that's a story. Yeah. I'm like, you can go for a, a walk at different times during the day too. It's just a matter of adjusting your schedule accordingly. Yeah. Well, and again, I think it's, you know, people see what they, what they want to see. And so again, we're, we're, we have this, atten- this, this tendency to share the highlight reel and it's like, well, I worked nine hours on Sunday after having worked more than 40 hours between Monday to Saturday. So yeah, if I'm going to take the afternoon off and go for a walk in the middle of the week, I think I've earned it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I used to also give myself such a hard time if I slept in to like 7.30 or 8. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Like such a hard, especially if it was a weekday, it was like, how dare you, Emily, sleep in to that degree. And then I started kind of looking at the more full picture, a lot of times I was working until 11 or 12 at night. And then in order to get enough sleep, which I I really don't function that well on less than like seven and a half hours sleep. But a lot of times I was cutting my sleep short and still trying to force myself to get up at 6am because I do genuinely love like early morning, but it wasn't working because then I was so exhausted during the day that then I couldn't get much done. Then I would somehow end up staying up late again, finish the work that I was too tired to do during the day. It was a joke. 
And finally I was like, Emily, if you, ideally I prefer to go to bed earlier and get up earlier, but on the days where I do then work late, I'm like, so then it's fine if you sleep till seven or eight, because then you'll be more productive for the, follow, for the rest of the following day. Like there's no hard and fast rule here. You no longer, you know, have to be pulling out of the driveway by X time, but you, you do still need to show up for yourself and for your clients and stuff. And, and if you're doing that on your own schedule, that's fine. As long as you're showing up. And that's where I think it's the double-edged sword, right? Because you're like, on the one hand, no one's going to know if I sleep till noon, but then it's like, <laughs> you're the one that ends up paying for it because you're like, I got nothing done today. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's not a good feeling. <laughs> I know. And I, it's almost like that permission slip sometimes. And I think that's the best part about entrepreneurship is that at some point we do make our own rules and have our own parameters within reason, obviously, and especially for me because I have the brick and mortar. So 50% of my business, I am still at the mercy of the gym schedule that I've created. Right. And that's, that's my own doing, but I was listening to an entrepreneur online who is, and this is an assumption, but based on what she shares and posts, she's very successful. She makes a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I don't even try to wake up before nine o'clock. I was like, holy shit. Really? Like nine o'clock for me is incredibly late. I mean, I would be I'm already at the gym at that point. I'm already, you know, knee deep in work by nine o'clock, um, six days a week, at least like Sundays, nine o'clock is like viable, but during the week I'm up way before then, but it was just that permission slip of like, oh yeah, like you don't need to be up at five 30, Christina, just relax. Yeah. And that, and that's it. It's, it's absolutely a permission slip thing because it's true. Even on weekends, I'm not one to, even if I haven't gotten much sleep, it's very rare for me to sleep past like 8:30. Like I have to have been up very late to mm -hmm. naturally sleep longer than that and and even then it's unusual I normally still wake up by like 8 or 8:30 at the latest. Um but it it is very much a permission slip thing because there are just so many times where I've actually heard uh for anyone who's familiar with Nagara Fanuni, uh if you aren't you should be. She's amazing. I, I have heard her talk about this, that she lived on the East coast for, I don't know, like eight, eight or 10 years or something. And when she moved back to California, she felt like she needed to not only get up early, but get up even earlier because it mm. felt like the rest of the world ran on Eastern standard time. Oh, that's fascinating. So, and now she talks regularly about how most mornings she sleeps till like 9am when she can, because she's like, I've just given up on this whole bullshit idea that I have to get things done by a certain time of day or whatever. She's like, I'm still going to get lots of work done, but I'm going to do it with a full night's sleep and on my own damn schedule. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, there's so much power in that, but like, I can't imagine because I, I am on Eastern standard time and I guess I'm, I'm mostly unaware of it because I'm in like the Eastern standard time bubble. But anytime you move out of that, it's true. Like a lot of things do tend to run more on like Eastern standard time, you know, mm -hmm. when webinars and certain TV shows and, and stuff like that, it all runs on, on EST or EDT, depending on the time yeah. of year, but it's so fascinating. And I'm like, yeah, it's just that permission slip that you need to grant yourself permission to show up how you need to show up as the best version of yourself and fuck what, what everybody else says is the right way to do it. And, you know, kind of in the same line of that is for some reason, it's very easy for me to, to work on things that aren't dial movers. 
And then again, I'm like up until one in the morning and I'm like, did we really need to create a new lead page for this service that you haven't even, you're not even going to launch? Like, have you ever done that before? Yes. You can do a task that you're like, why, why did I do that? That's not, I could have gone to bed, but I chose to work on a very not important work-related task. A hundred percent. And then there's the accountability factor, which I think we meant to touch on and we haven't yet because by the time this airs, <laughs> I'm throwing this out there and I'm going to hold myself accountable by doing so. Damn it. I am going to have hired someone to help me because I need somebody to stay accountable too. And I thought that that was just me for a long time. Like, what is wrong with me? Like, am I just not motivated? There's so many things I want to do, but I'm just not getting them done by the times that I want them done. And then I, I went to a couple events and, and more and more entrepreneurs are talking about this. And they're like, the only thing that basically jumpstarted my business was me hiring help to be accountable to. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, thank God I'm not alone. So yeah. by the time this airs, I will have hired somebody because I'm somebody who needs that little bit of accountability. Like I need to have told an assistant, like I'm going to have this done by X time and then I will have it done by X time. But if I'm doing it for me, I am not as likely to do it. If I'm doing it for, for a client, I will have it done. But if I'm doing it for me, I, I am not nearly as likely to hold myself to the same standard. <laughs> yeah. And I, so yes, like I have an assistant and so it's very helpful to be like, oh, I said I was going to get this done by Monday and it's, it's Monday. So it's due now. So like get it done. Um, and then my gym helps me accountable. Like I wouldn't be at my gym at eight in the morning if I, if clients weren't waiting for me there. Are you kidding? Like, you know what I mean? Like if somehow a gym could be a free for all, I'd be like, oh, I'll just show up at noon. That's fine. <laughs> so like my clients hold me accountable in that way. Um, but I also hold myself accountable by like, and I do this on purpose, like doors are opening next Tuesday. And I'm like, yes. oh my God, I have, I literally have 800 things to do. I haven't done them yet. Had I not put myself on the hook publicly, it never would have gotten done because honest to God, and I said this even before we started recording, I was like, I don't want to do anything today. Like I literally, I'm so fried. I'm so tired. I'm not motivated. I even said to you, what did I say? Like, I'm just kind of over like being awake today. Like I just kind of want to go to sleep. <laughs> and if it wasn't for those little accountability things, forget it. Oh my God, I'd be nowhere. And that's why I just said publicly that I will have hired someone because otherwise I would put up that process too. Cause the thought of having to go through everything to hire somebody kind of exhausts me, but I know that it's very overdue. And so, yeah, that I've done, I've used that tactic multiple times, thrown something out there publicly because I'm like, okay, now I'm being held accountable by anyone out there who's happening to listen to me right now. So, <laughs> well, and like really quickly, let's, when it comes to hiring someone, like, I feel like people would be like, what do you even do? Like, why would you have to hire someone? And it's like, well, what don't I do? Right. I mean, don't you just feel like there's so much that goes into not even, I'm not even going to talk about brick and mortar right now. Like there's just so much that goes into running an online business. Like it's insane. If you were to write it all out, like a, an SOP list of standard operating procedures, like, oh my God, it would be a novel. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. It would just go on and on forever. And then that's how we get stuck in the busy work. Mm -hmm. It's tricky. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much that goes into it. So there's so much, but yeah, I feel like, I hope that this has given people just sort of a, a bit of a window into some of the things that entrepreneurs deal with on a daily basis. And there's so much more. And 
it's not to say that there aren't all kinds of benefits because there absolutely are. It's just that I think Christina, you and I want to be honest about some of the things that are not necessarily as fun and they're not the things that we talk about, you know, laughing and joking on our Instagram stories all the time. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and just really quick, like I just had someone reach out to me recently saying like, you know, I'm sick of my job. I'm sick of my full-time job. I really want to do what you do. Like what tips can you give me? And I was like, I, um, I don't want to tell you to not chase your dreams, but it's honestly really, really, really hard. Like, Mm -hmm are you willing to give up your salary? Are you willing to give up your benefits? Are you willing to give up your nights and weekends for a long time? Um, I don't know. Like you tell me, you know, are you willing to, to invest money into a business that's maybe not making as much money as your salary job did? Um, there's a lot that goes, that goes into it, but at the same time, I would never be doing anything else. Like I genuinely love the work that I do. I love being a business owner. Um, I love being a coach. I love it all. Um, and that's obviously why I keep showing up even after literally years of zero profit. Like I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. When I go to recertify my student loans every year, they're like, um, Miss Montalvo, you qualify for, um, like government aid. I'm like, yeah, I know. I don't want it. They're like, are you sure? Like we can set you up for like food stamps. I'm like, nope, that's okay. Thank you. That's fine. Cause that shit goes on your record for seven years. So I'm oh, like, wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah. It's like a big thing. So, th- I mean, I'm talking like below the poverty line for a very long time, but I very much so had to root myself in like bigger picture. I'm changing people's lives. I don't want to be doing anything else, but, um, again, it's not Instagram worthy. I'm not going to talk about like, you know, the student government loan people being like, or the student loan government people, whatever their, their entity is called being like, you're so poor, whatever. But it's true because then otherwise people look at, you know, our stuff or they see two trips in February and they're like, oh my God, it's so easy to be a business owner. I want to do that too. And I'm like, yes, but you know, like, yes. And all these other things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know it's, it's interesting to talk about it from these angles because this is just the shit that most people don't usually reveal. So yeah, I I hope that this has given people a little bit of a clearer picture of entrepreneurship as a whole. And it's like you said, we're not trying to discourage anyone. It's, it's more just about going into something with your eyes open. That's more, more than anything else. And also just remember that we are real living, breathing human beings with full robust lives outside of Instagram (laughs) (laughs) and real human emotions too, where when trolls come out, which I haven't had to deal much with, I, I, I've been very fortunate up to this point. And, and you have dealt with some interesting things more than I have. And I think that we forget sometimes when we're behind our computer screens that these are real human beings with real emotions. And just keep that in mind when, when you're online. Yes. But if you've got any love to share, we'll take that with open arms. <laughs> Absolutely, we will. I, I, you can send Christina or some love over at uh, – Christina, give your handle. I'm going to mess it up. Uh, Instagram is Christina underscore Montalvo. Yes, that's right. And you are also at Christina Montalvo.com, right? You got it. Yep. And what about you? I am over at, well, the podcast is over at room to grow, uh, but all my stuff is over there as well. Same website. You can find it all over there. And uh, I'm over at Emily Goff coach on Instagram. And Goff is cough with a Z. (laughs) 
<laughs> I should like trademark that. <laughs> you should. That's awesome. Cough is cough with the G. All right, oh. we made it through another episode. Mac is still snoring, so I love it. Anyone caught him snoozing? That's uh, that's my buddy. And I almost hate that we don't have any bloopers because those are the best when we have bloopers. But we made it through this episode without any. <laughs> yes, we did. See, maybe we're just getting really good. Let Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can't wait for our next episode. I know. I'm excited. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. All show notes and references can be found over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. And can you do me one huge favor before you go, though? If you can take take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you.